0: Courtset Indiana Podcast brought to you by Box Out Sports. Box Out Sports is a leading online graphic solution, giving you the ability to create professional content in seconds to highlight your team and student athletes during a season. You can sign up for a free demo at BoxOutSports.com. Courtset Indiana Podcast is available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify as well as SoundCloud. You can subscribe via each of those apps and have them delivered straight to your phone, tablet, or desktop. We would appreciate a rating as well as a review on either of those apps. Welcome to episode ninety, of course, at in Indiana Podcast. I'm Jim Reamer. I'm going to be going this segment alone. Uh, Zach is. Uh, we we're sort of in fall league mode, and I think we we definitely had planned on having. Couple of different segments that uh, one of which didn't work out. Uh, we didn't get any eyes this week on the Pocket City podcast or on the Pocket City Fall League, so uh, we we did not uh, did not get enough get a chance to record much on that yet uh, for week two. Next week we're gonna Zach will be back doing the normal recruiting updates and talking about whatever topic at hand we, we we're gonna discuss. You know whatever pops up between now and then. Uh, later in the podcast, we're going to talk with Chris Spillman. That's already been recorded. Right now we're recording. It's Tuesday evening. And uh, Chris and I recorded earlier this evening. So we're going to get to Chris and we're going to talk about week two of the Metro Indie Basketball Fall League. But right now I'm going to get you updated on recruiting. Then we're going to talk a little bit about the ITCA approving the new rule where there's a, th- a running clock after 35 seconds that seems to have a little bit of discussion, a little bit of controversy. Uh, But first, let's get caught up on some recruiting. Josh Wack from Carmel, 6'2", senior guard, received an offer from Anderson University. Aaron Humphrey, 6'5", senior forward from Tenley, received an offer from Defiance. Isaiah Robinson, a 6'1", guard from South Bend Riley, received an offer from Siena Heights. That's an NAI school. Uh, Joey Brown received an offer. The 6'6", junior guard or junior wing from, from North Central received an offer from Toledo. Logan Imes, six foot four inch point guard, received another high major offer from Wake Forest. Joey Hart received the trio offers. The six foot four inch guard from, from Linton received offers from Ball State, Wichita State, and Loyola. We did have one commitment. Billy Smith, six six wing from, from Brebuff, committed the Miami of Ohio over the or middle of last week. And I think we weren't necessarily hinting at it like we knew anything, but it it seemed more like that's where he was going to end up. It's a great fit for him. Um, I think he was looking for a smaller environment. I think he was looking for, I'm going to use the word prestige, kind of a prestige college, Miami of Ohio, even though it is a state school in Ohio, has a little bit more of a a reputation academically. And I think that's what he was looking for. I think that's what his uh, part of his priority. I think like if Butler had gotten involved or, Or you had seen some maybe some like like uh, campus situations, smaller environments, Um, really, you know, not that big state schools aren't really good academically, but, you know, just smaller environments, I think, is what they were looking for. And Miami fits that model. Plus, from a basketball perspective, they were on him first. Uh, He had a really good team camp out there in June. Uh, and Miami jumped on it and his shot making this spring was something that he did not show during the school season. He was definitely a good score, definitely a guy that could shoot and, and, and a kid that could finish. But just the way he was getting into shots this spring and that has continued through the summer and has, and has also showed itself the first week of the fall league. Um, he wasn't there this past week because of um, because of fall break. So when Chris gets to his report, Billy's name won't be mentioned. But he was really, really good the first week, and has continued on from what we saw in the spring and summer. Joey Hart, for as much as I think he's, as much as I think I, he would could do well at Northwestern. I st- still see him. Uh, to me, the best I, look I like guys to go to schools. The kids I coach, I like to tell them you. you Go to a place where you're going to be able to play a little bit as a freshman. Definitely be part of the main rotation as a sophomore. And you're definitely one of the better players at your position, if not the best player at your position, by the time you're a junior and senior. To me, with Joey, that's got more of a mid-major feel to me. um, Just because it's 6'4", he is pushing the boundary of what um what position is he at the high major level at at the mid-major level he's definitely a two and he's definitely good enough he could guard a three um the 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 question at the high major level is just the physicality of it and it'll be curious to see if he ends up going to like a northwestern or or i know he likes central florida if he ends up in in that you know central florida is in a multi-bid league so is wichita well you know what so is wichita state i don't look You know, we we cross some fine lines, and we try to figure out how far down high majors go. How what's a what's a mid major? What's what's a mid plus major? I think Wichita State would be definitely a mid plus major. I think you start looking at the MAC and the Missouri Valley. The way the Missouri Valley is situated, there would have been a time when they would have been a mid plus major. Right now, they're a one bid league. So that that makes it more of a squarely more squarely of a mid major. But either way, I think that. Those three offers, along with the other similar offers he's gotten there, I think would be, to me, the perfect fit. Now, if I'm Joey, I'm thinking maybe I want to be in as competitive a situation as I can be from a from an individual standpoint. Then, yeah, definitely. I'm thinking, you know, that Northwestern offer looks really, really good. Plus, it's hard to argue their academics. Joey Brown, kind of the same way. Now, he's got some injuries he's had to battle through, and he's a kid whose motor has really improved. Uh, since I, since really the, his, you know, the end of his, the middle of the beginning of his sophomore year, he was still looking like a kid who was trying to figure some things out. And then somewhere around Christmas time, something clicked in him from the, from a motor perspective. And it wasn't like he went out and had huge games for North central, but he was being more productive consistently. And I think before he got injured the spring, he, he was continued to show that motor and you're just really hoping that that's what he's going to be like when he gets done, when he gets back healthy, uh, probably. Probably healthy enough that he could play now, but but nothing really matters, you know. It's with the injuries he's had, it doesn't make sense for him to be out too much uh, before the start of the school season. But you know, looking at him as a high major with some of the offers he's gotten, I'd be curious to see how active those guys are on him. He is intriguing. He probably still has some more growing to do. Um, he's always been sort of regarded as a good shooter, and I think that's going to continue his his playmaking is what's also improved. That's, that's come along with his motor. So, you know, his recruiting is going to be interesting because I think he and he and hard, especially are kind of both in that little mid range area where they could, they could be good high major prospects. They, they, they definitely would be really good mid-major pickups and, and, and mid-major plus pickups as well. So uh, like both those guys a little, a lot, really love Logan Imes. I, again, his shooting is going to have to improve, especially his sh- shooting off the dribble. Uh, he's able to get into the paint and get a floater and finish in different ways, but I'm talking just about pulling up off the dribble, the three-point line. That's a part of his game he's going to really have to improve because at, at higher levels or even at this high school level where, where it's scouted, you know, ball screens are going to be a big deal for, for point guards and getting him downhill and getting him free from really good defenders is going to be important and getting him in the paint and to do that, He's gonna to have to be able to beat people over the top of screens, and, and he's gonna to have to be able to beat people off the dribble from range, and that's a part of his game that hasn't been consistent yet. But the rest of his game, especially things from the neck up, are just tremendous. And defensively, he's super competitive. Uh, I like that about him. Um, the um, you know there have been some there have been some pretty some pretty good examples of that this past summer. Even at even at the top one hundred, um, he was took a little pride in a couple of matchups that he had. And was was doing things out there defensively, especially effort-wise, that other kids weren't doing. Um, really, really like him and look forward to his development. But all three of those guys in the junior class that I have offers are kids, kids that I like an awful lot. So, and sometimes it's tough when you talk about kids and we talk about them. Well, maybe they're not high major, maybe they're not definite. It doesn't mean we don't like them. Uh, it just means there's questions. And and look, there's a. <laughs> A lot of really talented kids. We, Zach is also quick to say there's, you know, there's a lot of talent in the crossroads league and there's some guys in the crossroads league with division one offers who found a happy home. And, and uh, I mean, these guys are getting the quality and the, the, the quantity of offers that they're, they're definitely going to be successful at the division one level, but, but it's still finding that finding a good fit for them from a, not from a coaching, not just from a coaching standpoint, but also from a, a competitiveness standpoint and, and a league standpoint. So, uh, so this past week, moving on, this past week, the or last week actually, I, the HSA approved a um, a rule that would allow a running clock to happen, a blowout rules perhaps once the lead got to thirty-five points. I don't know how many games at the high school basketball level get to thirty-five. Uh, some some have said this is more of a football rule, which which makes a lot of sense because there's a, definitely a different level of physicality there where you get a chance to avoid injuries. But but then a lot of those guys are also suggesting this is not a great rule for basketball. And they cite reasons for it, whether it be getting kids on court experience or, you know, that's that's the main one. And, and that is definitely something I believe in. Um, we, we play. In the summer, most of our little blowout rules are anywhere from 20 to 25 points. They slip down if you get the game back within 15, then the clock stops again, uh, because at that point you're thinking that game could be contested. Um, We play in some events, too, where the game at a point ends, like if you're up by 20 with more than three minutes or with three minutes to go, they just end the game. I I hate that rule because that definitely robs kids opportunities of playing time. But the the notion of a running clock, for those that don't follow this type of situation, running clock just means when the ball goes out of bounds, the clock keeps running. It doesn't stop. Uh, Very similar to what football does until the final two minutes of a half. But um, it does save time and it does sort of put a cap on how long a game is going to last because, or at least in the summer, it does. Now, during the school season, the high school season, they're still going to stop the clock to shoot free throws. So I'm not really sure what the point is for, for that part of it, because really when you break it down, you're not going to save a whole lot of time if the only time you save is just getting the ball quickly to an inbounder and getting the ball inbounds. Because at that point, I don't want to say teams are quitting, but teams definitely aren't pressuring. They're not pressuring inbounds passes, especially in the backcourt or, or pressuring uh, you know along the sidelines. They're definitely going to pressure you know baseline inbounds plays, uh, but they're not going to be in a situation – where you save a whole lot of time with that rule, so that's my one knock on this rule. As far as a developmental standpoint, for the kids that that would get extra court time, I think sure extra court time would be advantageous. But again, if we're talking about mere seconds, you know, you might save a minute each game of total runtime with the way the rule is situated. I don't think the kids are going to lose that kind of opportunity to to get on court time to develop. Most of the ki- most of those kids, if that's the only clock they're getting, you know, probably aren't going to get a lot of extra clock throughout the year. And and by next year, when their role change, by the next season, when their role changes, they're going to have to get used to that as well. There might be an occasional situation where a kid can get some early season rep, and which leads to more playing time. Absolutely. But but really. Most of the times teams are just playing the string out. They're not trying, they're not out there being aggressive. They're not out there trying to score. Uh, They're definitely not out there trying to play fast. Um, Very few times do you see teams continue to press in those situations. Sometimes it happens and and there's complaints levied when that does happen. But but I'm also the big believer of, well, if you want to stop a team from pressing, beat the press. Uh, So I don't begrudge teams that want to continue their game plan when their bench is in the game but most don't so I don't know how much experience they're going to actually get when it comes to contributing uh, valuable time later later on in that season or later on in their career if all they're doing is basically going out there and trying to perform what would be a glorified practice drill basically um, now you throw a little shot clock action in there. <laughs> Uh, maybe uh, maybe then some things get different because now there is a ceiling on each possession. But, but right now I don't see much harm in the rule. I don't really know that it makes that big of a difference at this point, especially when it, you're talking about real time minutes. I don't know that it's going to truly matter, uh, but we'll see. Uh, I think, I think coaches like it for the most part, not done any sort of polling on it, but I don't think any of the voices against it are coaches, um, even the ones that I do know that post on forums and are, under pseudonyms um but but i like it i think it just speeds the game up at a time when it it can be kind of grueling besides outside of parents who, who have to wait around for their kid to give them a ride home i think most people are you know exiting the gym anyway so you know i don't know how big of a deal it's going to be to the casual fan i mean and and even i consider someone like me a casual fan i'm a casual fan in that I have no direct interest other than just the teams I like, or in this case, the team I like um, as well as just obviously doing this as part of a job. Um, But, you know, nothing, nothing binds me to, to staying at the end of, you know, for a full game other than just my sense of wanting to stay there. And I, and and I'm I'm okay with it being sped up a little bit in those situations. So, uh, that's my thoughts. I would welcome any thoughts you guys have on it via Twitter. Uh, certainly, we've, we talk often a little bit about, um, you know, being able to communicate with us directly on Twitter at Courtside IND. And my, my uh, Twitter handle is JWREAMER, Reamer. DMs are open on both of those accounts, so we would definitely welcome your thoughts on that. And we would definitely welcome your thoughts on any sort of content ideas we're, we're going to have in the upcoming weeks. Uh, coming up next is Chris Spillman. So get ready to talk a little bit about the fall league. That's going to be the topic of conversation or one of the topics of conversations the next two weeks as well. Hopefully we'll get some more eyes on pocket city league next week and be able to give you uh, give you some more uh, discussion there on the Southwest Indiana kids. Uh, but, but we're going to take a quick break right now. And when we come back, we're going to be talking with Chris Spillman. Thanks for listening. <laughs> We're now joined by Chris Spillman or with Chris Spillman. How's that work? By or with? I seem to screw that part up every week. I don't know. I get lost on it. But anyway, Chris is here joining us again. Chris is covering the fall league for the Courtside Indiana website and um, does a good job. And he's a senior at high school. And he had, he's we're recording this, what, Tuesday night? The yes. NBA season is going to start in 17 minutes not saying we're going to be done in 17 minutes, but we're not going to go too deep into the first quarter because I'm anxious as I'll get out for the start. How was uh, Zionsville's football practice today?
1: Pretty good, pretty good. We're looking forward to a good game on Friday against McCutcheon, and we feel pretty good about our odds in this playoffs, but a lot of hard works ahead, and I've gotten into – um, re footballs, which is like adding more wax on them. So I'm doing a bunch of that after we're done with the podcast tonight, just kind of getting more grip on them with some tax I'll be Doc, doctoring
0: do up the doctoring up the footballs. That's good. Yep. Love it. So now yep. When, yep. when, when, when gets accused of cheating, we we've got it on video <laughs> now. So yeah, <laughs> that's, that's good. Yeah. After all the Tom Brady, the flight gate stuff. And, and you don't, you probably don't know much about the stick'em stuff that went on in the late seventies and early eighties where there was a big Stickum deal where defensive backs but were wearing stick them on their hands and and now it's I guess it's kind of legal some some form of that is legal now I don't I haven't really paid much attention but anyway all right well moving on to basketball we are we're going to talk about the fall league again we're going to talk about week two of the metro indie basketball fall league which is a league that that I've run for 15 years and and last year we started uh, with some separate coverage with with two young writers and this this year we're continuing with with Chris and Chris, so what 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 are we're going to talk about some different guys this week than last week, correct? With a couple of exceptions.
1: Yep, only one exception, actually, I believe.
0: Only one exception. Okay. Did you do that on purpose, or did it did it just work out that way?
1: Yeah, I did that on purpose. I was okay. Cool. And really, I feel like it kind of worked out that way too, because there was I kind of obviously the courts kind of got shuffled around a bit in terms of which teams are playing where, so I got to see more guys and some more guys caught my eye than last week, so.
0: I did do that on purpose. I mean, I, I'm going to I have some written notes that I'm going to be adding as we get deeper to this that that I have been taking. Uh, but for the podcast part, we are gonna kind of let you dictate it. And if we get to a time, if we get to a time of the game or the time of the day, as far as the games go, where, where I saw something that really stood out, then um, I'll, I'll eventually jump in here. But go ahead. Uh, when do we start? We really, the high, we're not really going to talk about too much about the middle school stuff, but we are going to hit on a couple of eighth graders, aren't we?
1: Yep, starting at the – Yeah,
0: that are playing in the high school division, one of the high school divisions?
1: Yeah. So I started the 9.50 a.m. games. um, And the first ones from the K2-K3 game um, with Coach Turner and the H.C. Havoc. And the first guy I was impressed by was Revin Burns, who he – Oh, good. In kind of a sequence, he had some nice dribble moves and some layups. But he – the thing that was most impressive for me was his defense because he was – he was really making it tough for any movement by whoever he was guarding in terms of dribbling and things like that. So, um, so
0: Brevin's a good defender, huh? Yes, the, from what his, I saw. We, now his father couldn't have guarded me when he was in high school. <laughs> now, I coached his father. I was a JV coach at Eminence for three years, and uh, they, they were uh, Brevin Burns and the Arnold kid on that team, both, both of their dads played for us at eminence so that's how old i am but it's (laughs) it was fun catching up with josh and alex and it's good that brevin left an impression because he's a he's a freshman at mooresville he will probably at some point be a jv kid for them as a freshman which is which is good because look josh the funny thing is is um josh came to eminence from martinsville when April trailer transferred from eminence to Martinsville. Now you're too young to know who April trailer is, but, but she was a stud basketball player at Martinsville. She was an Indiana all-star, but she grew up in the eminence system. So when she moved to Martinsville from eminence, that was a big deal. And the eminence program girls program was still very good, even after she left. But Martinsville at that time was one of the best programs in the state. And they still probably are every now and then they're probably still one of the better ones, but but her moving was a big darn deal. And, and, but then when she moved, the Burns family moved into her house. So we were looking at it like we got a great deal. (laughs) We got got the six. Yeah. We got the six one freshman who was, who was good enough to at least provide spot minutes on varsity as a freshman and ended up having a pretty decent career by the time it was all said and done. And, and so that it's, it's, it was good to see Alex, good to see Alex and Josh this weekend. And it was, it was kind of neat watching their kids play, so I, I was glad that you are uh, you bringing up Brevin because that's that's neat. So go ahead and talk a little bit more about yeah. Brevin. I'm sorry for interjecting there.
1: Yeah, that's was, that was pretty much um, my, my main notes on him. I was just he really left a good impression in terms of defense, and good. you know, so he he looked like he was also putting ton a ton of effort on defense too, which I was I thought was good. So yeah, um, and the next guy I talked about was. In the same game, Preston Sims, and I saw him a couple times throughout the day for the HC Havoc team. Okay. He's not very big, but he's a really good shooter, which I noticed because he was—he hit three or four threes in both of the games I saw, I believe, um, especially that first one. But he, you know, not the biggest guy, but I was impressed by his shooting. His form looked really good too. Um, so yeah, that's that's why about him. Um, and then. I believe that's my notes for the first round of games. Um, and then I have some from the second round at 1130 of the high school division. Yep. Okay. And the first guy, Elliot Hodgen, who's on K1, I believe. Actually, this is stuff from the 950 games. Excuse me. The court three one, Indy Hoops, 2024 K4 versus the coach yeah. Calhoun. And Elliot Hodgen, even though they lost, he still put up, I believe 25 points or something like that. And it was, he scored, I think 13 in a row in the second half. And, you know, he, he last week, you know, I, I noticed him and he, he didn't take over a game like that, but this week he looked like a new player and he, he was shooting well, he was driving well, he was doing a lot of things well. Um, and I was pretty impressed and to go along with him on the same team, Brady Weaver, who's I believe the, it might be the only out of state guy, but, um, he's from Eastwood Pemberville. Illinois, oh yeah. Ohio. Yeah, he
0: is. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's near but Toledo. He, That's a drive. Yeah, that is a drive. We, we've um, had, you know, we've had out of state kids every year for probably a decade. And I mean, I, there have been a, some times where I've targeted some kids, uh, mostly because I maybe know who they are. Like we had, a, we'd a, we've had kids from Illinois that have played for, played for in our programs in the past that have come over. But, um, but one time we had um, um, Leonard Myers, his, two of his teammates came over uh, the year at his senior year, he didn't come over, but two of his teammates came over from Robinson, Illinois and played. And, and it was, um, we just always been able to draw kids from out of state. And so this, this kid's one of them, but um yeah, so he he's I've watched a little bit. He's a pretty aggressive kid. Yeah. Probably a little undersized for what he does, but yeah. but still liked how hard he played.
1: Yeah, he, he scored 20 in that game too. But they both of them I think combined for about 45 points, but they lost 52-54. So but yeah, but they they put up a good effort and from that game as well. Or excuse me, not not that game, but um moving now to eleven fifty AM. I got to see uh Trey Schlesky play again. Yep. Um I mean we talked about him last week, but he just he's he's an eighth grader playing against high school guys, and he's just really uh, matching up well. He had 19 in the first half of this game. Um nice. the nice. I believe the C2 and K two, even though again a, a tough loot, a tough loss for them, but he he was really impressive in his ability just to score. He he's really good at finishing his age and i mean i don't think i've seen him miss a layup yet in these weeks (laughs) (laughs) knock on wood not trying to jinx him but yeah
0: so well making lance is good um yeah shelsky is the only individual eighth grader that we have in the league um in the in the high school well in the league in general because we've got middle school we have do have two middle school teams playing up Uh, i think we'll probably talk about one of them later but um two middle school teams playing up but but shelsky is the only one that um the only individual that we let play in the league and you know his dad's the head coach at park heritage and he promised he promised that he would be able to handle it physically and that's the that's a lot of times the separator is yeah. just the physical difference between those kids and and in the past when we've had individual teams made up of individual middle school guys it's it's never been a consistent experience and so that usually implies that it's a bad experience like there's usually one team that's pretty stacked and two teams that aren't very good. And and then there's kind of in the middle that don't get much in either direction. This year, we just let middle school teams in. And then we did allow one individual like play. And I think it's worked out, but uh, Shelsky's done really well. He's been impressive when I've watched him and I I know you've liked him too.
1: Mm -hmm, For sure. Yep. And then from the other game, that one, which was a low scoring defensive battle Calhoun and Havoc, um, I was impressed with Zion Bellamy who's a 5'9 guard from Kokomo who plays for K3 and he's just I was really impressed with his kind of explosiveness to the basket when he was driving um, and he even shot pretty well from mid-range he had some nice pull-up moves and he's a guy that's probably gonna he I think he he was kind of on the cusp I think he averaged about a point 1.7 points a game last year so you know I think he'll be a guy that will play some for Kokomo this year and I thought he did a pretty good job um this week for sure. So
0: yeah, he's a, I think he's a sophomore or going to be a yeah, sophomore. He is a sophomore at Kokomo.
1: Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yep. And then Ethan May, who's for C one. Actually, we're moving to the twelfth
0: 12th- be, Before you move on, how did how did Danny Kelly play?
1: Oh uh, Danny, he he I will say he had a scary fall off a of, off of a yeah, dunk. Yeah, he that was so was scary. but he uh, I thought he played about pretty similar last week. Um, he his shots were falling a bit more this week. He's I mean he's he looks we we talked on last week. He looks like he's gonna be a really solid player, but I was I was really impressed with kind of his shot making was more there this week, and he's still an extremely aggressive driver. And I'm, I mean he for being a freshman, I mean he he really. He, he can, he can dunk pretty well. That's what I'll say. He's, he's got some, got some hops and he's, he's going to be solid for sure. So, but yeah. Cool. Um, And then two guys from, I'm not seeing, I don't remember when, what these games are from that I wrote down, I'm trying to look, but C1 and C2, I believe C2 is from the 1130 game. I don't okay. remember when I saw C1, but uh, Ty Everson from Frankton, yep. um, he, he shot really well in the game I saw, and he, had, he looked like a kind of a good floor general, a good point guard. Um, and then Ethan May, who's a 5'9 guard from Fishers, um, who was on C1, he had really impressive c- speed, and I was impressed with his ability to really make floaters. He's really good at those, and he he defended very well, too. So, yeah, both those guys kind of – Cap off the morning games for me. Um, but yeah, but they all did pretty well. So and we next. we moved
0: the 1220 games. I want to get in real quick because here's a team you didn't get to see. This is the other group of eighth graders we're gonna talk about. We're not gonna make a habit of talking about middle school kids. It's just not you know, there's 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 I mean, there's a lot of different directions you can go with that. You know, some of some of these kids are sometimes kids are good at this level because they're just bigger and stronger than everybody else, but but you can see the skill, especially when they compete against older guys, um, you know, how it kind of projects. And that's what the three kids I thought have stood out for this, for this Grand Park Red team. I, I know I put a tweet at one point that we're not going to cover a lot of eighth grade groups but or eighth grade basketball, but, uh, but this group's really good together. And, and they've got three kids that I thought were pretty impressive this past week. And two kids from Carmel, Anthony Colliner and Cameron Kelly, both are guards. Culliner plays more. Colner plays more of the point. He's, he's longer than, than Kelly. Uh, But, but both kids play really well together. They're Creekside kids. Uh, I don't know, you know, I don't know what the rest of that group looks like in Carmel's incoming, like current eighth grade class, how good they're going to be. But both, both those guys are, are good. And then Cody Evans is a six, three, six, four forward from Greencastle and thought he was super skilled and shot the ball well from deep and, and was pretty impressed with him and he actually he actually crossed over to play for their other team too um so he had a lot of basketball going on <laughs> he had a lot of he had a lot of basketball going on um uh on sunday but uh, with fall break i think we had some rosters that were depleted we actually had one team forfeited this week which is not bad considering typically we get a couple uh because of fall break but um but yeah, so we'll go. But that was the one team I wanted to touch on in the early games. If we get into into teams like that as we get deeper in the day, I will certainly talk about it. But go ahead with some of the games you saw there at twelve twenty.
1: Yep, or one ten is the next one.
0: Okay, go. Okay.
1: So and well, actually, let me top, come on one guy for that one one twelve twenty game progeny, yep. Cam Cameron Kasky, I believe.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, I was wondering if you were going to bring him up. Yeah,
1: he he looked really good. I mean, he. Yeah, I mean, he's gone through a lot, you know. Really big time receiver for Pike and playing in this too. But he's, I mean, he's well, as a, he's he's just as a star. freshman.
0: Mm-hmm. As a freshman last year, he was an all. He was a state finalist in the high mm-hmm.
1: jump,
0: and Which, I think one one round, one round. I don't know what he did at state, but one round, I think he cleared seven feet. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I
1: believe mean, so. Yep, and I mean, he's he's just an incredible athlete. Um, but he, I mean, just <laughs> that's just where I had to come. He just. And he's just really he's he's a really good size physically right now too. I feel yeah, like. he is. And you know, I just I just think he's going to be a really good player. He he even looked pretty good shooting the ball this game too. Um, so yeah, he I think in both their games he scored a pretty high amount as well. So, but yeah, but that's that's the kind of final cap off of the four one games, and then we start with the one ten p.m. I've um, I know with this. From, I went over and talked to you, but Coach Spaulding's team. Yeah, yeah. There's, is it Spaulding? Yeah, Spaulding. Yeah. yeah I, and I'll start with um Wyatt Thornburg, who's a guy I've never seen before. Oh, Blue I, River, yeah. I believe – is he a
0: junior, I believe? He's a junior, yeah. All these guys are – well, not all of them. The Columbus yeah. North kids are seniors. Uh, he, I believe the rest of the kids are the, – the rest of the kids are juniors. Yeah,
1: yeah, but he, he had a really good frame, I thought, for kind of – he kind of plays like a wing. Yeah. Um, but I was impressed with his off-ball movement. I thought he grabbed; he was really aggressive and grabbing boards, and had really good trend. Their team passes really well, and I mean, you talked to me that they run motion, so for that, yeah. it's important yeah. to be able to do that.
0: They're but, out there running pairs. If you don't know what pairs is, basically, it's two guys on one side of the floor, two guys on the other, one guy kind of in the middle. But the two guys are screening for each other on e- either side of the floor. They kind of operate together throughout the possession sometimes, and then the, then they top guy will cut through the the wings will rotate up and or the, one of the rings will rotate up and, and then they'll continue to work pairs that way. It's a lot of a lot of pin screens, it's a lot of down screens. It's uh you know Spalding I think coach Spalding I think maybe he maybe practiced with them a little bit cuz those jerseys are his own creation. Yeah. I I, I I appreciate Aaron. I appreciate coach really diving into it head first uh with those are their own u- uniforms. They used our logo on their jerseys, which is, which was neat. And, and um, he's doing a good job with them. I think the King kid from Columbus North really helps him and his, his sons. I'm sure you figured out can really, really stroke it. So.
1: Yeah. And I, I, I think you're correct. Cause they were running some out of bounds plays. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So, yep. Yeah, so yeah. And
0: then my guys, we off- know one, my guys remember one out of bounds play. So, which I'm happy for, cause we can, we can talk the other couple of kids that we, that are playing with us for the first time we can we can talk them through it but um but yeah, yeah. We're, we're just running one out of bounds play right now so
1: then I've got two more from that game um Luke Carroll who's a 6'5 senior from Hamilton Heights who's playing with them um and he
0: that was oh, I yeah think he is great. a senior yeah that's right
1: yeah I think that's actually my first time ever seeing him, but he, he, he showed the ability to move really well in transition. I thought and just looked really good mobility wise and hit a couple threes. And he's he's going to be um, with Gus Edgerson guy, and he's going to have a pretty big role for them this year. And he, I believe, he wanted some um, making some Division One interest too. So, yeah, but he's poised for a pretty big season.
0: Yeah, he and um, he and Jake, he and Jake Chapman at Tri Central are the two kids from that. Area north of north of what I would say is the, the Indy suburbs. I mean, Hamilton Heights is in Hamilton County, so technically it's still a suburb of Indianapolis. But it's but they're sort of closer up and they're tipped in near Tipton and and then Jake Chapman, who plays at Tri Central, is also of course in Tipton County. There, both those guys had really good had really strong junior years, with, without a without a whole lot of recognition to them. So it, it was good to see Luke playing well and and um, and I think Jake's on one of the teams too. I just it's that group out of the group out of Kokolo.
1: Yep. Um, and then a guy who I was really impressed with over the summer at the Charlie Hughes Classic, but Jamison Dunham, who's a five yep. eleven guard from Pendleton Heights, um, who was also playing with them. He's just he's a really really good scorer, and I was impressed with how active he was on defense. He got a lot of deflections and steals, and he's he's a he's a good player, and I think he's been. I think he's getting been getting a little overlooked too. I think he, he he. I think he's really good.
0: I think that's the last of the Dunhams. I'm not sure. Kell it's Kellen's one of Kellen's younger brothers. There's a, there's a there's a bunch of them. He may be the last one. Although I don't if if he's not the last one, there's one more. But mm-hmm. but uh, they've they've had a lot of they've had a good run of Dunhams there at Pendleton over the last decade and a half. So
1: so now I'm going to move to the 2 p.m. games where. Um, I believe I had a couple notes. So, first one, um, the jerseys I wasn't 100% sure if they were accurate, but Cannon Higgs, who's a 6'6, not sure what class he is, he's 6'6 forward these are all
0: These are all freshmen,
1: freshmen. So, well, he's well, he's a good freshman, then, but 6'6 <laughs> freshman, from yeah, Monty Central. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, oh yeah. my gosh, that he, I didn't, I don't know if he, I don't think he was here last week. Um or if you he he was, was. didn't notice he,
0: he was. He wasn't as I heard it, he wasn't as engaged. Yeah, that, um, I
1: could yeah, because
0: he But when um, he is, he's a load, man. He's oh he's, my he's a nice athlete, he's pretty skilled. The, he was, the thing that me. a little bit better a little bit better in transition than he is not half court wise, but you know, he's a freshman, he's 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 transitioning the way he plays the game. So it's so you know, but yeah, I coach Yates felt like he had a good he had a good day.
1: Yeah, I, f- I felt like the most impressive thing for me was his shooting because yeah. he went out there and hit two or three threes in the first first like five minutes or so of their game, and he's not afraid to shoot it either. He's a confident guy, and he, he's really lanky, and he's got a big frame, so he's got a lot of potential, and And I, I was impressed by him. And then um Davion Hampton from Lawrence North, who uh, who I think is a freshman. Um, they all yeah, all the kids um, on
0: that team are freshmen. But he's he's a really just
1: a smooth guard. Um, made some great dribble moves to get to the basket, and a, and I thought he was a really good defender as well. And he's got he's got a pretty he's got a pretty big frame, so he's really well physically composed already as a freshman. And he he, he was pretty impressive to me. So, but yeah. And next we're gonna go to uh, the two, three p.m. games. Excuse me, which I was impressed with. From the G six G two game, um, a couple guys in their roster, Braden Betzner from McConaughey, um, and he's a really good shooter that drove it really well in that game and passed well, um, and he's he really solid all around guy, just a good guard, and he's one of McConaughey returns. A, I was looking at their uh, stats from last year, and they return a lot of their top scorers, so he looks to continue that role going into next season. Um, and then Matt Ross from Peru, yeah. who also yeah. I believe had a great season with Peru. He did. Um, he, he's got he's got a good frame, and he's um, I think he's I I just was really impressed with his instincts, and he had a really good ability around the basket just to be efficient and finish. Um, and I thought I thought he did a really good job. So. Did he
0: Did he do any, I know he I know he's not necessarily just a post up player. He's definitely a guy who can catch, face, and score. But did he does Did he do any of that away from the paint? That's the thing. Even like the like I, I know he can do it from the high post. I know he can do it like short corner catches, and he's he's really good. And if you if you draw like a twelve to fifteen foot arc around the basket, he's been very effective there. Did he do anything beyond a three point line at all? And I think he, even
1: yeah, I, I think he hit a couple mid range shots, but nothing, but not not a ton. I think he, he was more used around the basket in that game. So, but yeah, but he's. He's he's definitely um, I've seen him super
0: motor and he's very he's a very physical kid too.
1: Yep, yep, and they've got they've got a pretty good team for uh, Coach Crooks Maven as well. So, yeah. Um, And the next guys, we're going to the 4 p.m. games, and I'm going to talk about Coach B Calhoun H2's team against um, H4 for 4 p.m. And I was really impressed with. A trio of Noblesville guys, which um, I believe this was all their first week being here because they're playing with the three stripes. But Luke Almondovar, Cameron Carnes, and Cooper Bean. Um, I've Cooper Bean's a guy that I've been impressed with for a while because I remember um, we played them in JV last year, and I was surprised that he was on the JV for them. But he's a really good shooter. He's got a really good – he's got a pretty tall frame, a pretty lanky frame. and But he's, his shooting talent's really good. Um, Cameron Carnes Um, he he blocked a lot of shots early. I think he blocked two or three in the first couple minutes of their game. Was active around the rim on both sides of the ball, and and he's uh about six six or so. So he's got a pretty good friend too, and he looked good. And then I saved the what I thought was the best performer for last, Luke Mandovar. Yeah, I believe how you say it. Um, but he. Yep. He's a good-sized guard, and he was really on it from three in those games. And I I feel like he's really expanding his arsenal and scoring as well from – because last year he was kind of mainly catch-and-shoot and, and, you know, shooting threes type of guy. But I feel like he's getting more comfortable driving the ball and things like that. And he had a really impressive dunk as well where he drove right through three or four guys and just dunked it right away. So, yeah, that, that was a good trio right there.
0: The, the Carnes kid's going to be an X factor for Noplesville. He's been—he was a JV kid last year as a junior, mm-hmm. but he's still a pretty active kid at six-seven. He's—he's um, he's more of a secondary catch guy. Like they're not going to—I don't imagine they would post him up a whole lot unless he's made a big leap there. Uh, they didn't do that much with him even at the JV level last year. It was still mostly uh, ball screening, screening away, cutting, um, being like second cutter off off of screens. And if, you know, if he can be effective for them, uh, that'll, that'll free up that will allow them to play more traditional lineups versus kind of keeping Preston Roberts as their big man, who's plays the point for me. Um, But, you know, it's, you know, the Carnes kids got, if he can be effective for them, then, you know, they'll have three or four other good perimeter players to go along with him and and uh, they'll 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 make a big leap in, in their win loss record this year. Mm-hmm.
1: So then next, I'm going to go to the 5 p.m. games, and um, I don't think you got to see uh, Jalen Harlison play because I think all of his games were at the same time as yours. But you yeah, I think that's
0: only, but yeah, that's the bad. And he wasn't there the game we played him. Yeah, but no, yep. I heard I've heard Jalen oh. the second their second game there there's their second game um last week i got a chance to sneak over and watch a little bit of it during during the halftime of our game and then our game ended sooner than theirs so then i was able to sneak over and watch him play for a little bit so yeah
1: but that that was my first time seeing him and i'm just i think one of the most impressive things was just his frame and how he's 6'6 already but he's not you know, usually freshmen are a little bit lanky, but he's he's muscular. I mean, he's built, yeah. and um, and he he's he's it's just so easy for him to dunk. And he had one one play in that game against Coach Avance's team, which is a really solid team. Where the ball, the guy hit and it hit the back of the rim, and it bounced pretty high in the air. And he just soars in over three guys and dunks with one hand over all of them. was the play of the day for me, and he. <laughs> He even was hitting threes. I mean, he was doing everything pretty well, and he kind of got their team back in the game because in that game, Coach Avance's team was up ten or fifteen points with about ten minutes to go. But then, with six minutes left, Coach Anderson's team was up, and that was led by Harlesson. So, but he's for freshman. I mean, he he's he's he has a good chance to be really really good players. So, yeah, he and
0: yeah. he and Trent Sisley are definitely going to be. <laughs> the the two guys the two guys in that class that are special I mean I will say Xavier Robinson plays yeah. he's a freshman who plays in our league with with Coach Saunders' team he is going to be really good as well uh, mm-hmm. LeBron Grow at Cathedral or LeBron Go I think I pronounced that correctly from Cathedral is a freshman who may I I would imagine he'll dress varsity this year for Cathedral I don't know what his well, he'll get a majority of his minutes just because of what Cathedral has in the backcourt. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if he got some varsity clock this year. But, but I think those four kids, along with some of the guys you're seeing on Coach Yates' team, um, mm-hmm. yeah, you know with Jamin Townsend and and, yeah. and uh, Higgs from from Muncie Central, uh, Townsend's from Marion. You know that's a pretty good. The, the class of 2025 is. Right now, in my mind, a lot stronger than twenty twenty four. But and those and Cicely and Harrelson are no brainer high major kids. Um, now, uh, projection wise, they they both they both obviously have to keep developing and, and keep showing progress. But but my understanding is they're both gym rats. Well, I know Sisley is, and my understanding of Harrelson is as well. Uh, so you're going to see both those guys, and hopefully they stay in Indiana. Hopefully they don't do yeah. the prep school thing. It's not necessary it's definitely not necessary where Harrelson is. There's, there's no reason for him to leave Fishers. Uh, Fishers will play some of the best players in, in the Midwest but just by staying at Fishers and playing their schedule. And, and he won't get a whole lot of a better developmental situation uh, than playing for Coach Weiniger over there at Fishers. So um, hopefully those guys stay around because that they, they're they two headliners in, in what could be uh, one of the better classes to come by in, in the last few years. So
1: mm-hmm. – um, and the next guy I'll highlight on was from uh, he was, I believe, he met Cooper Farrell, who I believe might have been a fill in. He possible. was, yep,
0: for Saunders.
1: Saunders, yeah. Um, but, but he a six o'clock game, yeah, yeah, six o'clock, yep. And I was, I was really impressed mainly by because I saw him play last year, and I was really impressed. I think his shooting mechanics are getting better, and his shot looks it just looks so smooth when you're shooting it, And He hit. He was shooting probably in the games I saw. I saw both. I believe he was probably shooting around sixty percent from three. So he was, he was an X factor for their team and, um, and along with him, I was impressed with AJ Dantzler, um, in Southport. Both their twenty twenty three guards, but both of them um were really good. Dantzler, his shot looked good as well, and he's just super athletic and a great finisher. Um, and yeah, and both of them were good for Coach Saunders' team.
0: Yeah before we slide too far past the 5 p.m. games I want to coach Smith's group uh he had had a couple guys missing from for fall break uh so they they actually picked up the sub actually picked up the Pinkston brothers for subs this week the the two kids I thought that really got them going though were the were Bowles brothers Kobe Jordan who's a senior at Park Tudor and Kobe who's a sophomore at Lawrence North Kobe's Kobe's going to end up being one of the best point guards in that twenty twenty four class. Um, I know he's a kid that he he was reclassed. He was originally part of the twenty twenty three class, but he he held back. He was tiny in middle school, so there were some physical maturation issues with him. But he is he's he's, he's outgrown that. He's nice. He's got good length. He's got an unbelievable feel. I uh, really love watching him play. Uh, he was he was very physical against our kids. The kids we you know we. I mean, we were fortunate to hang on and beat those guys. Uh, Jordan Bowles is just a competitor. Um, you know, He's shorter than his brother, He's, but he's strong. He's aggressive. He shoots it well enough that you've got to guard him. He, he, ha- he does have to be open, though. He, he's not going to be a guy that just raises up and shoots over people. So I thought those two kids were fantastic against us, and then I thought the three kids for us that played well that game um, it were Preston Roberts, who's been really good this entire time, and and then Jesse Farrell or Jesse Farrell Jesse Ferris sorry Jesse Ferris uh, Roberts is a six foot four inch we play him at the point he's probably going to play more of a wing in, in college uh, he's got the Division one offer from Coastal Carolina uh, but Roberts uh, was really good for us uh, Jesse Ferris from Ben Davis six seven forward who's really improved his skill and then Gavin Welch, who's a new player for us six six wing from Newcastle who shot the ball extremely well. Um, you know, he's what I like, he struggled a little bit with some of the quickness, of the, especially our first game, but he didn't quit on the play. He, he got beat one time almost in one dribble, but, but continued through and contested the shot at the rim. It, it was really good verdict. I mean, I was – one of the nice things about these 5 o'clock to 9 o'clock game is, is three of our sets of officials are, have college experience and a couple of them have, have pro experience. Um one of our officials does n b a stuff even so um, you know and and it's so it's good to have officials that are calling the game and the way the the game's being called at higher levels um so it was it was fun watching Gavin get rewarded for not quitting on the play, you know, and he's offensively he was really good defensively again guarding the smaller kid he struggled, but he was able still to contest the shot at the rim, which that's that's a big deal so I just wanted to get that game in because I especially I thought the way that coach Smith's group played with, with some of their better guys, some of their older guys out of town on break and incorporating a couple of new kids. I mean, the Pinkstons are certainly talented, but uh, it was the Bowles brothers that um, really drove the boat for them and, and they were really impressive. So but go, so go ahead and get back to where you were in your games at the six o'clock games.
1: Yep. So I'll go to, uh, J four versus J one at the six o'clock game, um, and I'm going to talk about James Stacy, who's a six seven yeah. from Fishers. Yeah, um, and I, I've seen, I've Developing. seen a lot of, yeah. But I thought he looked a lot better than I've seen him, and he was he was holding up pretty well with uh, Booker inside, especially um, good at contesting shots and rebounds and things like that, and a tough going against that guy's Skills Booker. But I thought he held up pretty well. Um, he looks a lot more under control, and kind of. I thought he was finishing better too, and he'll be a guy that um, will be. Since he's twenty twenty three, we'll be able to step into. Uh, since they'll be losing Simmons here, will be a big big for them in the future, and he's definitely I think improving pretty fastly too. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I
0: think he'll he'll probably still getting. They'll probably still get some minutes in the JV but I think he will be your body, too, that could be used at the varsity level this year. Yeah.
1: Yep. Um, And then I'll go to the 7 p.m. games next, which I I was impressed with.
0: Uh Uh-oh. You're cutting out, Chris, that you or me. That's the thing. (laughs) We may have lost Chris. I don't know. Not, not at home with my normal wild, wired connection. So working off Wi-Fi, I don't know if that's Chris or me. Um, hopefully he'll come back. If, if not, I'll, keep, I'll talk a little bit about uh, the, some of the games that I saw because we were going to touch on some of them anyway. But um, hold on a second. Let me text Chris while I'm here and let him know that. Um, anyway, I, I thought our game, our second game, of the day, we we played Coach Bagley's group. He's got a lot of Southern Indiana kids. Yeah, we lost Chris. He's had to log off, so we'll see. He'll we'll, he'll, he'll get a connection back on. Um, I'm going to send him an invite. I'll keep talking. Uh, Dylan Moles was really good this game. Uh, he had 27 points in the win in the second game, and just really, you know, he found a defensive matchup that he that he knew he could take advantage of, and he did. And it was, you know, sometimes that recognition is hard for some kids. Um, we don't we don't often have a whole lot of time. We don't often have a whole lot of instances where we're just isolating guys. Oh, Chris is back. But we are um, we don't have a lot of times where we're isolating guys, but um, you know we were able to find him some space in the middle of the floor and, and he and and you know he impressed them both were able to exploit some of the smaller guards, some of the 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 not you know the smaller guards that we played against in our in our second game. Talking about our second game, Chris I thought Dylan Moles played well. Preston continued to play well. Welch was good. Um, I mean, we, we had a really strong second half. Um, but, um, you know, I thought, thought those guys overall were, were really effective. And the one guy that played extremely well for Coach Begley's group was Casey six 6'3 guard from Providence down near New Albany. Very good shooter. Uh, is able to put the ball on the floor. He's going to get into a shot when he does that, or he's going to look to get into a shot when he does that. Uh, but we got to a point where we just went no help on him and really just made those other four guys beat us. They were missing Dayton Devon, who's their 6'9", 16 kid from from Mooresville. That was kind of a big loss for them. But it really, it just was – outside of Dayton, they're taller. You know, one of the bad things when you put together some of the teams individually, we mostly, you know, this team is, this league started out being an individual only league. So you entered individually, then we put the teams together. As we've accepted more team entries, we've gotten fewer teams we put together individually, but the ones we do, we try to match things up with ball handlers, we try to match things up with size. Um, You know, so once we get past Devon, you know, they got three or four guys or two or three guys that are six, four, six, five. But then when you really get a chance to see them, they're thin, you know, they were thinner than what I would expect. So, so they didn't quite have, um, they really didn't, they didn't quite have um, rim protection. So um, we just took advantage of that and that's, that's where we were able to be stronger. So, and now Chris, you're telling me that maybe I was the one offline. I don't know, but I'm you you can hear me now, right?
1: Yeah, I think, I think we're good now. Yes. Okay.
0: Well, hopefully we don't have a lot of dead air. If we do, I'll, I'll edit it out. So at least it sounds like it's produced a little bit, but but go ahead with the games you saw there at seven o'clock.
1: Yeah. I was going to talk about Tyrell Willis. who's a six, six guard from Anderson. Um, And I'm just, I'm really impressed with his just knack to score. I mean, he seems like he can turn anything into points and, I think he's really well-deserving of his recent offer from the Atlanta Clark School or Clark Atlanta. Um, yeah. They offer him and Davion Turner. Yeah, the um, Division, both, division yeah. two
0: school down, down in Atlanta offered two Indianapolis or two Indiana kids. Yep,
1: yeah, but he, he holds up really – I think he really can score against almost any competition because he's got a really big frame, and I think that um, he's just a great scorer. He's, he's, a good, he's a good guard, and I think his size helps out a lot too. So he's, he's a solid guy. Um and then Kenyon Miller, I believe I say it from Southport. Yeah, who plays for J One? Um, that may have been the eight PM game. Maybe not no, Coach he's, Saunders' he's with, teams. He's yeah. he's
0: with he's with uh, Coach Knox.
1: Yes, yeah, sorry, excuse me. J Four. Yeah. He's with uh,
0: Coach Knox's team.
1: J Four. Yep. Um, but I, I was impressed with his shooting ability. Um and he's a really confident smooth guard and he's extremely athletic too and he's he's kind of the lead guard for their team um per se too so he, but he I was impressed with him um and I think the next one I had was Aaron Pickle who's from North Putnam who played for I six which yeah Begley, yep. I I thought he's a good shooter um he's got a pretty good pretty good size for. Kind of what he does, and um, he just a good good abilities around defensively, offensively, and he's a very solid wing guard. Um, and then the last two, Matthew Brown, um, who plays for the who plays for he's a homeschool player, and he plays for Coach Smith's team. Um, and he was not a filling; he was a natural one. But he, right. I feel like he looks a lot better from the summer I saw him with the Indiana Elite North team. I think he looks a lot better driving the ball. He looks a little more aggressive. Um, And, you know, with their best guys out, they kind of had to rely on more guys. But I thought that he looked pretty good. And he's, you know, a pretty tall guy, too, 6'6". He's got a good frame, and he looks pretty good. And then I believe – correct me if I'm wrong, but Arlando Hall was playing with them this week,
0: correct? He played – yes, he is – well, he's with Blackman. Oh, gotcha. He's a blackman's Wait. team.
1: Okay. So oh yes, that's Blackman. Yeah. Um but I was impressed with Arlando Holland. I mean, he's a fun guy to watch. I think he I think you've said that a few times before. But he's
0: I love I LA. Really... Yeah, his nickname is LA. I love watching him play. He's just you know, he's undersized and that's you know, but he's plays hard. He, he doesn't he's not afraid of anything. And I don't he's, think he yeah. I don't think he makes bad decisions. I think he's He's a, he's a steady, he's steady with the ball. He can, he's got a quick release. It's an improving mm-hmm. shot and he has played well in the, in the, the glimpses I've had of watching, got a chance to watch him play.
1: Yep. And that's, that's pretty much what I said. I was impressed with the shooting ability and kind of his confidence level. Um, and he's a fun guy to watch. I enjoyed watching him. So, but yeah, but those were from that 8 PM and yeah. And they, I thought it was a good day of action. Those are pretty much my notes generally. So,
0: but cool. yeah. Well, Chris, what what do you got coming up this week? What do you got a What do you got a pub? I mean, Zionsville football going into McCutcheon. You're going to give him some Bolton board material. You're going to how bad Zionsville going to beat McCutcheon this week?
1: Uh, you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say anything on record, but <laughs> I think that um, I'm we can play well. I think if we, I think if we play our best, we'll win. Um, and I'm just hoping that we can bring home a nice win because we'll have a tougher we'll have a tough game, not necessarily tougher, but a tough game as well. Um, as we play up in that Lafayette sectional, but fortunately it seems like we'll be playing a lot of home games in the sectional, which is nice. Um, but unfortunately we didn't get the buy this year. So we have to play three, three games in a row as opposed to having to buy normally. So but yeah, but yeah, I think it will go well. So yeah.
0: Cool. Well, well, we will, uh, we're recording this Tuesday night. We're going to, we have got a Wednesday morning session and then we're going to, we're going to publish this thing Wednesday afternoon. So Hopefully nothing changes too much between now and then, but um, for those that listen every week, we appreciate it. And for those that are listening for the first time, we uh, hope you subscribe and enjoy the podcast. Chris, appreciate your time as always. You do great work for us and and thanks for your time. Thanks for, thanks for coming on. Thank you. All right, man.